Before we dive into this week's episode, I have to tell you about my new obsession, which is booze-free cocktails by Curious Elixirs. So after my family Euro trip to Germany and France, there was a lot of champagne and beer ingested and I knew I had to make a change. I came back feeling so slow, lethargic, not motivated, and that was just not exactly how I wanted to start feeling in 2022. And I started taking inventory of what was the culprit. It was 100% alcohol. I immediately started looking into booze-free cocktails because I still wanted the taste and feel, and voila, Curious Elixirs popped up. Curious Elixirs are booze-free craft cocktails infused with adaptogens to help you unwind. Okay, incredible. Whether you're sober or sober curious, toasting your team or sipping solo, Curious Elixirs is on a mission to create the world's most sophisticated cocktails without the alcohol. Inspired by classics like the Aperol Spritz, the Spicy Margarita, and the Negroni, every Curious Elixir is handcrafted with organic ingredients and no refined sugar. Their ingredients include adaptogens and plants that benefit your body, helping you relax and de-stress without the hangover. They offer one-time orders as well as subscribers-only Curious Cocktail Club to ensure your fridge stays stocked. You can order Curious Elixirs online and have it shipped directly to your door at CuriousElixirs.com. I've been trying them for the past few weeks, and it is insane how much it truly tastes like a booze-free craft cocktail. My favorite is number three, which tastes like a cucumber Collins. I drink it at night, and it does feel like I'm unwinding and de-stressing, which is incredible. And then I can wake up without the hangover and actually be a productive member of society. So again, head to the link in my show notes to check them out or go to CuriousElixirs.com to try some today. Your dreams can be your reality. You all, time isn't real. Okay, that is fucking crazy. Spirituality, manifestation, travel, money, entrepreneurship. Welcome to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Wright. Hello, everybody. It is your girl, Chelsea, reporting live from my sister's bed in Austin. And when I say I'm in bed, I am in bed. I am under the covers. I have a laptop with a pillow um, right on my lap, obviously, and I'm just chilling. And I feel like this is the, the way to do it. You know what I mean? When you can just record and create content without makeup, in a bed, with pajamas, I mean, this is the life. I think I've made it. So yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there that this is just another benefit of starting a podcast. The prep time in terms of appearance is zero and you can do it in the comfort of your own bed. So just saying that. If you've been following me on Instagram, you know that I am visiting my sister in Austin and it has been basically a food tour of just eating tacos. So basically a taco tour. Ever since Thursday when I landed until, I'm not kidding, I think Monday night, I've been eating tacos for lunch and dinner. It is actually insane how many tacos I've ingested. We've had Torchy's tacos, Rosita's. I'm trying to think of any others. I feel like I've just been eating so many tacos, I can't even keep track of the places that we've been. But I am also so grateful because the tacos or the Mexican food scene in Australia was horrendous. Do not get Mexican food in Australia. I do not ever remember having a good meal. I actually remember having some of my worst Mexican meals in Australia, which I mean, kind of makes sense, but there's just zero flavor. So thank God 
I'm in Austin because I have a rejuvenated sense of loving tacos again, loving chips and salsa again, which was also bleak in Germany. The Mexican food scene also not great in Germany. So yeah, I am on a taco kick right now. But I told my sister, I'm like, we actually need to take a break because I can't like I literally cannot eat another taco. So we'll see this upcoming weekend where we go. If you are living in Austin or you've been to Austin and you have recommendations, please DM me on Instagram or drop them on my latest Instagram post because I have, I think like five more days here. So I'm trying to explore. I've been to Black Swan Yoga, which was really cool. I played with baby goats last weekend on Airbnb Experiences. Just a hot tip, Airbnb Experiences has so many cool things. I have been shopping on South Congress. I've been spending a lot of days working at cafes all over. And I went to a dance class last night. So yeah, I'm in full vacation mode. Oh my gosh. And I had an amazing, amazing holistic facial from Bethany. I will drop her. I will shout her out on my Instagram stories. You probably have already seen it. BK.SkinObsessed. Oh my gosh. This is one of those facials where she puts on gloves and does like the inside of your cheeks and massages your cheeks and then all the lymphatic drainage in your face and neck. I was like, I think I was drooling and sleeping in the session. I'm just trying to like flashback right now to I was like, did I actually fall asleep? I think I did because that's how relaxed I was. And then at the end, she gives you a gua sha and a little tube of this kind of, I don't know what it is. It's not gel. It's almost like a paste that she uses when she's massaging you. I mean, talk about customer service. So yeah, I'm like living my best life in Austin. Tacos, holistic facials. I'm going tomorrow to get smoothies at Sun Life. I'm trying to get Khalil on the podcast. So if you guys know him, DM him, tell him to come on the podcast. Yeah, I'm just trying to make the most of it. So any Austin recommendations, hook me up because I am so excited to make the most of my time here. So today's episode is really interesting. It's a repurposed podcast from an episode that I did with the amazing Caroline Addington, who is the host of Empowered Expression. We did a podcast a few weeks ago around the ultimate guide to starting and growing your podcast. And I was like, wait a second, we addressed everything that most of you DM me or email me about, about mindset blocks, about not thinking that you have something important to say, about not knowing to be you know, tech savvy, thinking you'll run out of content, how to grow your podcast, how to deal when your numbers dip. We covered so much. We talk about my podcast journey, the basics of starting your own, organic growth. I give you tips on pitching yourself as a guest. I also address monetizing in some non-traditional ways. I mean, we talk about a lot. I actually listened back to this episode. I was like, damn, I shared a lot of good information. Like, look, I know I made this my career and I know I've been in the game for four years, but I was like, okay, wow, we really did cover a lot. So whether you have a podcast or are wanting to start one, I highly recommend listening to this episode. And then when you're done, go check out Caroline's podcast, Empowered Expression, because she has incredible podcasts. She talks about mysticism and business. There's episodes on human design, on managing money, on astrology. You know, that's my shit. Like if you listen to this podcast, you know what the deal is. You would love that podcast as well. So make sure to check out her podcast too. Now, just a reminder, this Sunday, this coming up Sunday, two days away, Sunday, February 20th at midnight Eastern time, EST, mic drop closes. 
So the doors are closing. I cannot extend the cutoff time. Once we are done with that launch, we are moving straight into the live round on Monday, February 21st. So the way it works, we'll run for six weeks. Training modules will drip on Mondays. And then on Fridays, there's Q&A calls. Then the next six weeks, there's three bi-weekly Q&A calls. They're actually more of office hours because I'm not addressing any content from the course. They're just office hours where you can bring questions, bring your materials, get feedback, ask for support. And then there's a Slack community hub. So if you want to connect with other podcasters, ask questions, get feedback as well, you can do that all inside the Slack community hub that is going to be running from the time the course starts until it ends. So you're going to get all that. And then you're getting all the content that was already inside Mic Drop from the last round. So the resources, the checklists, the worksheets, the replays of all the calls from before, you're getting that inside Mic Drop and you have lifetime access to that content. Okay. Yes, you heard that right. Lifetime access to that content. Meaning a year from now, if I do a whole other workshop and I decide to add it inside Mic Drop, you're going to get that content at no extra charge. So any content that gets added to Mic Drop, you will have access to as long as I'm in business. So if you are ready to start a podcast, a successful podcast, grow it, understand the ins and outs, how to interview, how to storytell, how to pitch guests, that is all going down inside Mic Drop. Caroline actually says it herself in the beginning of her podcast that we did together. She said she's taken podcast courses and it's very basic of just like how to get set up but then it didn't go into keeping people engaged and marketing and promotion, interviewing guests, pitching yourself as a guest, pitching others, at being a guest on your podcast. That's something that I thought about and I put inside Mic Drop. And then again, any past calls I've done or trainings are in this course as well. So one of the recent workshops we just did this week actually was building a magical community through podcasting. So if you feel like you want to start and build a community and have a space of like-minded people, I'm telling you, podcasting is one of the easiest, funnest, and most exciting ways to do that. So that is a workshop and a PDF that is now inside Mic Drop as well. So if you're interested, just head to the link in my show notes, click the link that says Mic Drop. You can choose your payment plan. Once you enroll, you'll get an email. And then we start Monday, February 21st. We'll have an onboarding call and we'll address any questions before the first module drips. And then our first call will be that Friday. And again, that's going to be the format for the first six weeks. And then second six weeks is all about implementation and actually launching your podcast. If you have any questions about this, be sure to shoot me an email info at chelseawright.com or go to my Instagram at chelseawrife. I cannot wait to see who joins us. There are so many incredible people inside. And if you're on the fence, just listen to this podcast and you'll see why Caroline and I are obsessed with podcasting, why we love it, what it's done for us. I think it will help in your decision-making process. All right, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Yay, Chelsea. I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for spending your time, your energy, your Friday afternoon to jam out with us on all things podcasting. I know. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm 
also personally very excited because I know the second half of the podcast, we're going to talk about like people who already have them. And I'm like, I'm probably going to learn so much from you. So thank you for your wisdom in advance. (laughs) Yes. I'm ready to get jam out on all things podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. So how, like, tell us a little bit briefly about like your podcast journey, you know, how have you like landed where you are in all things podcasting and why are you like, so obsessed with it. I mean, I'm, I'm also biased. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's like something yeah. worth being obsessed with, but I'd love to hear your take. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I'm so obsessed with it. I basically made it my job to help people start podcasts, but how I got into it. So I actually went to grad school and undergrad for broadcast journalism, storytelling, interviewing, reporting. And I really loved that field. But when I started to think about sports reporting, which is what I really wanted to do, I heard it made like no money. Like I had friends in sports reporting that were living off of welfare checks and like literally struggling to pay rent. I'm like, that doesn't really sound like the path I want to go down right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this just sounds miserable. You work so many hours. You have to live in all these random cities for years and years and years, hoping that you'll have your, you know, your big break. And then you still might not even have it. So There were a lot of people telling me, like, if you get into that, just make sure you have some thick skin and you're ready to work like really, really hard. And so that just quickly deterred me away from it. But then it kind of dissolved my dream because I was like, well, that was really what I wanted to do. So now I'm a bit lost. So instead, I went to my grad school's career fair and my grad degree was called master's in digital media and storytelling. So I was like, there has to be something in this career fair that makes sense for what I'm doing. Um, I ended up getting a job at an influencer and content marketing company, which I thought was celebrity talent management. And I was so confused. I thought we literally were representing like Kim Kardashian. So I get into (laughs) it and they're like, okay, we're ready to like train you on this and sales. And I was like, wait, what? I'm a salesperson. Like I was so confused for the first two months of my job. And then I started realizing, oh, we sell a software that houses influencers for campaigns. So what was interesting about that job was the influencers technically were content creators. So they were doing things that I had done in my undergrad with storytelling, with using videos and photos and their voice. And for the first three years, I loved doing that. I was like, this is amazing. And I understood it because that was my background. So it was easy for me to sell it. But at one point, you know, half my job was looking at people's content. And I was like, why am I not creating content? I couldn't create content like this. This is what I went to school for. So I started playing around with different things. I started a beauty Instagram, which made it about three posts and I shut it down. I started a blog that had one post and then I shut it down. It was just like all these avenues that weren't working. And then I started listening to podcasts. So Serial was my first podcast. I don't know if anybody remembers. Love Serial. Yeah, like, oh my God, so good. Yes. Serial, I feel like was everyone's segue into podcasting. Totally. So I was like, this is amazing. This is storytelling, but through audio. And that's technically what I've been doing in all my other you know, undergrad and grad jobs. It's just not, no video. So it started to click, like maybe podcasting is my thing. And I started listening to other podcasters, becoming obsessed with podcasts and just understanding that there were so many ways to do it. Like Serial was actually very cinematic with the, you know, court appearance um, audio coming in and you could hear Ahmad talking and like all the people you're like, oh my God, this is like very cinematic. It's like you're listening to a movie where other people were just recapping reality TV or talking about their travels. And I was like, this is really cool. You can just pick a lane and talk about it for as long as you want. So decided I wanted to do one. 
bought a microphone and then for a year sat on the idea. And I was just like, no, you know, I have nothing really important to say. I don't really understand. I think I'm going to run out of content. Uh, who am I going to really interview? I think I have five people in mind and then I'm just going to run out. So all these mindset things getting in my way. And then finally, I was just so sick of it because I kept hearing people get into the podcast space and someone would be like, I just launched a podcast. Check out my new podcast. I'm like, why am I not doing this? So finally, I was like, just do it. And I made my cover art in Canva at work. I set up uh, an interview with my chiropractor. That was my first episode. If you guys go back to the archives, I interviewed my chiropractor. And that was my, I was like, this is it. We're doing podcasting. So it took a while, but I finally found my groove. And so, yeah, now I'm the host of In My Non-Expert Opinion. I've had it since 2017 and I do it weekly now. That's awesome. That's awesome. I also... Like speaking of like getting in your own lane and this just jamming out, one of the things that I really appreciate about your approach to it is like in in my non expert opinion, right? And that's so permission giving to people that it's like, yo, you can like jam out on stuff every week for many minutes in a row as a non expert, <laughs> like that as a self identified so non expert, because <laughs> I yes. think that holds so many people back. Is like, well, you know, I'm not an expert in X Y Z thing, so like. Oh yeah. Everyone, everyone thinks that because a lot of the podcasts, especially like I was using serial as the model and I was like, well, this person is like a trained journalist. And then this person is actually whatever, even they're an, an influencer still had all these years of experience. So yeah, I was like, wow, all these people are experts, but then I'm like, it's actually not true. Like they just have hobbies and interests. So you can talk about whatever you want. And so when I thought of my name, I was like, yeah, I need to just call it out. Like I'm not an expert, but I have a lot of opinions. And it was just a play on words. Like when someone says, well, in my expert opinion, I was like, well, in my non-expert opinion. So yeah. that's, that's what we came up with. Yeah, absolutely. Plus like, I think of cereal and like the hours of research that went into that. I mean, that's like a whole big production. <laughs> like, that really is it's probably like producing a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Where there, there are absolutely some podcast episodes where I sit down and I plug in the mic and I'm like, let's see what comes out of my mouth today. Like, yeah, you know, I, like that is absolutely a, a viable thing. <laughs> yes. Sometimes it's like stream of consciousness. And I do solo episodes sometimes too, where I'm like, guys, I'm rambling. And I just want you to know that's what this whole episode is going to be. And it's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. So like speaking to the, the person who is in the spot where you were, where they're like, they're sitting on it for a year. Cause I've, I was literally in a conversation with someone in our online family about this, like maybe a week or so ago, who's like on the verge of launching the thing, but was like, and I have to do this like 100 bulleted point, like laundry list of things before I can actually put it out there. So it sounds like you were in the like same spot of like overthinking and, and stuff. So maybe speak like, you know, in your non-expert opinion, like someone in that spot, like what are the most important things to focus in on so that they don't get so lost in the weeds? Cause like it happens to all of us that we get lost yeah. in a million things we think we need to do. Absolutely. And yeah, exactly. Like everyone has, they think they either complicate it with the tech and they're like, I'm not tech savvy. And so I can't start a podcast because I don't know how to edit and upload and do all these things. Or it's the other thing of like, what am I really going to talk about? What am I going to do? So from the tech piece, I want to just break it down for you guys. All you need is a microphone recording slash editing software and a host website. 
That is literally all you need to start a podcast. To backtrack even further, my first 60 episodes were done on my voice memo app on my phone because I was being so cheap. I was like, I don't want to buy a microphone yet. And I was psyching myself out too. I was like, when I might buy a microphone, it's going to be like a Hollywood level production microphone. I'm going to spend $500 on it. So I was in the first 60 episodes recording on my voice memo app. And then people would write me and be like, what studio do you record in? Like, where, what <laughs> mic are you using? And I'm like, I've been literally recording in my room on my voice memo app. So you don't even need a microphone. Exactly. You can use your closet as a studio, your bedroom, get a voice memo app, open it, and then start recording. And then you just upload it and edit it. And I know editing, you're like, oh, I don't know how to edit. There's YouTube, there's Google. It's really not that hard to edit. And guess what? There's a million people that are ready to help you that you can outsource to, including interns, including freelancers that are just starting out. So I think that was the piece too. I was like, I don't have the budget to hire a massive editor full time. And it's like, people charge flat rates sometimes for like 25, 50, 75 bucks per one hour episode. And I'm like, oh, okay. So instead of going out all weekend and spending this money on drinks, I could have someone edit my episode and that takes like two hours off my hands. So yeah, don't get caught up in like, oh my God, the equipment and the tech and this and that. It really is so easy. There's even free hosting sites, free editing sites, or excuse me, softwares. Most of us have GarageBand or Audacity on our computers, or you can download those programs. Exactly. And they're free. So it could literally cost you $0 to start a podcast. So yeah, get the idea that it's expensive and high level production out of your head because it doesn't need to be that way. And then from the mindset piece, I feel like I got caught up because I had this big block of like, I'm just going to run out of content. So I just started brain dumping ideas and things that I wanted to talk about and tried to map it out as if I was like really taking this thing seriously. Like if I'm going to be a real podcaster for even six months, who would I interview? What would I talk about? What at least topics am I interested in? And I started mapping it out because then at least when I brain dumped it, I was like, okay, you have minimum 10 ideas. That's 10 episodes. If I wanted to do a monthly podcast, that could take me through 10 whole months. So I was like, wow, it's actually not that scary. Now, if you're going to do a weekly podcast, then 10 episodes would only get you what, two and a half months in. Let your podcasting surprise you and let yourself evolve. Because as I started interviewing and podcasting, someone would come on my podcast and be like, you got to meet my friend. You got to meet my neighbor, my teacher, my mentor. They're amazing. And that's why I started getting more guests. And then they would introduce me to someone. And it started developing this network where I was like, it just started to click where I'm like, I will never run out of guests. Like this is impossible. People also always love talking about themselves. So anyone I asked always was saying yes in the beginning. I was like, this is easy. And then regarding solo episodes, I remember thinking, these are silly, like no one's going to listen to me. But when you think about it, when you tune into a host, it's because you're tuning in for them and their viewpoint. So people come to my podcast, yes, because I have interesting people on, but they also want to hear what I have to say. And I found that out after doing a few episodes with um, just talking about like dating or going through the motions of being 20 years old. And people would write me and be like, oh my God, that was my favorite episode. Thank you for doing it. I'm like, really? I had my sister on and we talked about nothing. And they're like, just felt like I was in the room with you. So don't be afraid to do solo episodes. You're just recapping your weekend or, you know, talking to your mom and giving dating advice. Like that really was an episode I did that by the way, was one of my most downloaded ones. I love that. Having my mom talking about dating. on. So yeah, I don't think, I think we all think we have nothing to say, but when you put that in your head, that's like saying, that when you talk to your friends, you have nothing to say, or when you go to dinner, you go to work, it's like, you always have something to say. Now you're just putting it on the airwaves. 
I love that perspective so much because you're so right at like another piece of tuning into someone's perspective that I think is, is at least for me, very permission giving and has been over the, over the time of doing this podcast is like also the questions that I'm naturally curious about that I want to ask somebody are part of why I think people tune into any given podcast host. I think that there's like pressure. I used to put so much pressure on myself to ask good questions or ask the right question. It's like, if, if you're actually just listening and then being like a curious human and just asking the questions that you would normally ask in a conversation, then like, that's beautiful. (laughs) And like, that's what people want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, a human being a human on the internet. Isn't it so funny that we're like, oh, I need to go be like this, like pro wizard and all the things. <laughs> like what we actually all just want is humans being humans on the internet. <laughs> exactly. And to give you guys evidence, there are episodes where I've opened up about mistakes I've made in business or like things I've done wrong. And I put them out and I'm like, wow, that's really going to discredit me. Or like, people aren't going to want to work with me because that should be more polished and more professional or whatever. Those are the episodes where people have reached out and been like, I want to work with you. Where can I book? And I'm like, I just told you my biggest mistakes I've made in my business. Like you want to work with me? And they're like, yeah, because it's human and relatable. I'm like, wow, that shows me. I, like you just said, do not need to be a pro wizard at XYZ in order to attract people to listen. Yeah. And if we can like, pull ourselves out of those big mistakes and out of those holes, then like, that's a really value. That's, I was literally just talking with, um, my squad member instead of team, we call it squad. Cause it's more oh, fun. I love that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. squad member behind the scenes about like, um, some new stuff that we're birthing and how I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm the person to teach on this because of this struggle, this struggle, this struggle. And they were like, do you hear yourself right now? <laughs> right. Is that like when, when we're like, Oh, I've struggled through this thing and then like figured it out. I think that it, doesn't that go back to like the open centers in human design where the open centers are where we're like learning and struggling and like gaining wisdom. Right. And that that's the stuff that people are like, sign me up because you've like walked through the mud for me. So that I, exactly. so that I can just like tiptoe through the mud a little bit. Exactly. I always equate it to being like a tour guide. Like Mm-hmm. that you've already gone down the path and you can teach someone and it's easier. Like I've been down this path a hundred times. Like I'm a tour guide now. I can just show you the way, but they had to go through it first. So they had to learn the route first. So hundred percent agree. Yeah. So for somebody who's like in the, in the space where they're like picking up on all this and they're like, yes, yes, yes. Amen. 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 And I'm like terrified of doing the thing and like actually terrified of being a human on the internet, what would, what guidance, what wisdom, what juice would you have around like moving beyond that to actually put your voice out? I would say the very first thing from a practical level is just do a practice recording by yourself where you're like, there is no intention for this to be published or uploaded. I am just going to get comfortable plugging my microphone in speaking and hearing what comes out, hearing my style, hearing how I talk. Do I talk for 10 minutes? Do I like to talk for 60 minutes? Just figuring that out because I think it takes the pressure off and it's just getting comfortable. I I relate podcasting to any other skill. If you were to go learn Spanish week one, you would not be fluent in Spanish, completely understanding grammar and, you know, all the different ways to use the words. It's like, no, you would probably learn 10 basic words. It's kind of the same with podcasting. You're trying to just learn the basics you know, setting up my microphone. How does that work? Do I know that my volume levels are okay? Can I make sure that when I'm recording a video, the video is actually recording? It's just like getting comfortable with that stuff because then you'll start to get more confident. I truly believe you build confidence by just doing things and getting better at it. So that's like a practical standpoint. And then from an energetic or I guess more spiritual standpoint, 
something that really helps me is archetype embodiment, kind of putting on this different hat that almost this sounds a bit silly, but it's like, it's not me speaking. I'm like the channel to either deliver this message. Or if I was a major podcaster, if I was Oprah, if I was one of these massive podcasters getting a Spotify deal, how would I treat this? How would I come to this space? How would I prepare? And then it just gives me a whole different energy of like, I would do this. I would speak this way. I would do this. And then it's kind of like putting that hat on. So you can do, you can almost like pick your video game character of like, who do you want to be as a podcaster and then come to the space that way. And I think it does change your energy levels a little bit. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. That is so like, you did such a good job putting words to an experience that I've had like so many times. So thank you for that, for sure. Yes. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And something that I know that like, and maybe we'll go ahead and hop over there now. Um, but I know that we're going to jam out in a little bit on like, if you've already started a podcast, then how do you go to the things? That question of like, if I were an Oprah podcaster, or if I were like, there was something that you said earlier, where it was like, if I was a real podcaster, I'm doing air quotes, real podcaster, like, how would I do the things? I ask, I end up asking myself that question over and over. And every single time I'm like, okay, I want to like invite this this guest or people with this expertise or it's time to maybe like spread the word a little bit more and like grow the people who are tuning in a little bit more every single time I have to be like okay like let's put on the big girl podcast pants and if you had a podcast that was already like double the size that it is how would you do these things and it's such exactly. a like that was like such beautiful guidance that you gave because oh. it's such a like light it's like flipping a light switch well it's like well it would be a no-brainer I just do the things but Right. Like, you know what to do. You know what I mean? It's like, you know how to find an email and email someone, you know how to plug in a microphone, you know how YouTube works and you can Google how to edit a podcast. Like we know the answers. I think we're just scared of them sometimes. And this also got me thinking about actually two more tips. One is, it sounds a little crazy, but I started looking up podcasters or like people that I thought were like so silly on the internet or like stupid podcasts or like people that just rambled and had like no rhyme or reason because it's like, wow, if this person is doing that, I can easily start a podcast. Like this is a joke. There's the audio is bad or they're talking about tacos. Like there's a, literally a podcast out there that reviews tater tots. Like, I just want to remind you guys. <laughs> oh my God. I want to go find this. Now. <laughs> I want to remind you again, no expertise is needed here. And then even, um, I did a presentation yesterday about not being an expert. And I pulled up the top podcasts on Patreon that are making 50 plus thousand dollars from their extra podcast or their bonus podcast. They are all, let me just read you some of the names. The Cumboys. True and on podcast, the fantasy footballers, Chapo Trap House, you're wrong about not another DD podcast. None of these are registering to me as like expert, highly qualified PhD level people. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. No, I was like, that actually gave me confidence because I'm like, if someone called the Cumboys are on Patreon making hundreds of thousands of dollars, God knows what they're talking about. (laughs) I probably will develop a listenership from sharing something that. Easily when I go to dinner, people relate to me or when I talk about this at work or wherever the case is. That's the other thing. Like, just talk about what you already talk about. I think people get this idea. Like, I need to come up with a totally unique, original concept to start a podcast. And it's like, no, go to any podcast you listen to right now. 
you probably listen to a lot of the same ones, just in different styles. Like one delivers it in a comedic way. One's more serious. One is actually a trained expert. You, you, there's always different perspectives. So it's like the way you go speak at brunch and talk to your girlfriends, do the same thing with a podcast. Yes, yes, yes. The the cum voice reminds me of what would Chad do, which is like- I don't even know what that is. <laughs> there's, there's a woman on Instagram and I can't remember her name, but she's the founder of- Kinky Curly Khaki, which is this like wig company. And she has this whole thing that's like, what would Chad do? And the premise is like, approach the things that like scare you or intimidate you as if you were like a mediocre white guy. <laughs> oh my God. Like, Someone said that yesterday. <laughs> Someone said that yesterday in my presentation because I was going through this thing and someone dropped that in the chat. They're like, guys, just have the confidence of a mediocre white man. A funny story. My friend and I were like using that phrase for a while because we're like, we need to like literally develop this confidence. And she got me like stitched on a little cross stitch thing and gave it to me for my birthday. So I literally have a gift that says have the confidence of a mediocre white man. That's fantastic. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And That's it's awesome. true. Like this will help you. I'm not kidding. When you go see this content, you're like, this is really silly. Like I could start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that. Like, I really am curious about the tater tots. Now. <laughs> and I'm like, how many, like, there must be like some like secret underground, like tater tot, like fan there club. Is, there are some very like subcategory niche things you would never know existed. And that's what I'm saying. Like there is always a community that is ready to listen. Yeah. <laughs> the thousand true Always. friends vibe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So then for the human who's already started a podcast and is maybe like one season in, you know, or is like a, a few episodes in and oftentimes I don't know, this, this seems like it's a universal experience. You probably have way more <laughs> data on this than I do that like, there's the rise, there's the like, oh my gosh, everyone's tuning in. This is so cool. And then there's like a dip, at least this is what happened with my podcast. There's like a dip and you got to just keep going and keep creating. And like, you know, eventually the rise comes back, but like, maybe if you like jam out, however you see fit, if you want to jam out on like what's going on there, jam out on the dip, jam out on the continuing creation and like the continued growth, like whatever yeah. tickles your fancy, go ham. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think this would reply to people starting or people that have started is treat it as an experiment, knowing that when you do an experiment, you, you don't know the set outcome. So don't go into it being like, I know for a fact, or this is exactly what I'm aiming for, that it's going to be whatever, a hundred thousand downloads in the first year, or I'm going to get this massive guest, or I'm going to be on this podcast, treat it like an experiment because it relieves a lot of the pressure. So when your numbers do go down, don't look at it as like, Oh, I got to stop my podcast. It's more of an experiment. Why did it go down? Did you stop talking about certain things or did you start introducing new topics that you hadn't talked about before? I would look at that as information when something goes down. Did you take a break for a while? Is your content just repeating the same thing every day? Like even just asking your audience, I've straight up done that too, where I'm like, Hey, I don't really know what to talk about this week. What do you guys want to hear about? And it's always so different than what I think people want to hear from me. And so I'm like, wow, okay, that shows me that I've been talking about things that people probably don't even really want to hear. 
I just got these, you know, whatever, five questions on X, Y, Z. I'm going to introduce that into the mix because that's literally what my listeners are telling me. So when you have dips, again, don't get discouraged. Think of it as data that you can look at. And again, an experiment. Podcasting is a long game. If you are in it for the long haul, then of course it's a long game. You can do pop-up podcasts where maybe you just do a few seasons or do, you know, how true crime does it, where they just like focus on one crime for one season and then another crime for another season. You can do it that way too. And that's your expectation is like, I'm just going to do seasons. But if you're doing a weekly or biweekly podcast and you have no intention of stopping, it's almost inevitable that there's going to be rises and dips, just like anything with business, with the stock market, with love, like there's always rises and dips. And so it's like, just translate how life works. Everything has a high and a low. Your podcast is going to go the same way, but I would really, really try not to get hung up on the lows and make it about you. I would just say, let me take a second and zoom out again, put your, put your archetype on of like, now I'm a data analyst. Now I'm going to look at the analytics and see what happened and ask my audience, what would, maybe it's time to innovate, right? Maybe it's time to listen to podcasts and be like, I think this is a good tip for beginners too, is listen to podcasts that you like. What do you like about them? Do they do funny segments in the beginning? Do they do an open Q and a where listeners can call in? Do they do a segment with their sister every Friday? Like maybe it's time to add something fun and unique into the mix just to spice it up. And that might be the thing that was missing. Maybe your listeners don't feel as involved and you can just innovate. Oh, hi there. Just me interrupting this podcast for a hot second to tell you about something really rad, Flowdesk. (laughs) Flowdesk is what I use for my emails. I recently switched over to Flowdesk and I'm obsessed. And I'm not just, I know that's a thing that's cool to say. Like I'm obsessed with this, but I am. (laughs) I I am obsessed with it because it's really rad and so intuitive and easy to use. And the emails are beautiful and it's super cheap. It's super cheap compared to um, most email providers and the ones that I the, that I was using before. So I love it, and I you know will happily shout it from the rooftops, and also have a code to hook you guys up with fifty percent off for the first year. So if you've been wanting to, whether it's like really start to like dive into email list and actually start to build an email list and like do the things or whether you've maybe like had rub with the current email provider and you want to switch or you just want to explore it. There's also a free trial. You can like sign up for a free trial just to check it out and explore it. Um, But I highly recommend Flowdesk. It's been fucking rad. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'll never go back. You can't make me. It. It's like... Yeah, I think it, it was just built for creative, art, artistic, visionary humans. And you can feel that in, in the whole thing and the way that it like flows. <laughs> Get it? Flow-desk, the way that it flows. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you want to, uh, if you want to check it out, the coupon code is the fam, all one word. T-H-E-F-A-M, all caps, and I'll drop it in the show notes, and you can get 50% off for your first whole year, which is rad. So check it out. Boom, boom. And I love you so much, and enjoy the rest of this episode. Don't mind me just popping in with a little ad spot because we do that these days. (laughs) Okay, bye. Mm. 
All of that is so good. All of that is so good. Yeah. Well, that feels like a just great wisdom for being an online creator, period. You know, like podcasts or social media or email or like any department is like putting on the data analyst archetype and getting curious about what's going on. Yeah. 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 And I know it can be hard because trust me, I'm someone I hate looking at analytics. I'm like, but that happened recently too. I looked at my analytics. I'm like, what happened? And you know, what's interesting is what, what I always say, like, we do know what happened. We just, a lot of times pretend that we don't. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I was doing a lot of interviews and people always tell me they like my solo episodes. I haven't done a solo episode in like nine weeks. And then what do you know? I did my solo episode and that's when people started DMing me. Thanks for sharing. Da da da. I'm like, it's so interesting that I know this and I have the data to prove it, but I'm not doing it. Like we really need to own our power and be like, I, I do know what's going on and I'm going to follow my gut. Yes. That's so true. I did the exact same thing to myself over the summer because <laughs> I like slowed down and I wasn't creating as many episodes as I typically do. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? Why are the numbers lower? And then I was like, oh yeah, duh. <laughs> that would be why. <laughs> oh, <laughs> makes a lot like, of sense. Yeah. It, well, and it's such a juicy conversation to really own that we, that we do know what's going on, you know? And like, yes, because it's so, it's so tempting to always be like, oh, it's, it's the algorithm gods or it's the podcast gods or it's the SEO gods or like, I don't right. know, it's the whatever that be, but like never has to be like, you know, when I think about if we're like all playing in some reality simulation, why would I choose a reality simulation where I don't have any control over the things? Like that's right? shit. <laughs> exactly. I always think too, I'm like, whatever way you view God or source of the universe, I imagine they put us on earth and they're like, wow, I just put this person on earth with all these gifts and talents and skills and intellect. And then here you are with all this massive amount of knowledge and resources that are free, by the way. And you're, you're sitting there being like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just picturing a universe voice being like, what is she doing? Like, is there a glitch with her? Why? Like we literally gave her the smartest brain, all the resources. Like she literally knows how to talk to people. Like, what is she doing? And that's what I think about too. I'm like, Chelsea, you know what you're doing. Like we do know, I think honestly, we just get a little bit scared. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I had a, I was having a flashback to the one time I played Halo when you were talking about that. And I was like, my like little character, I like was just like bumping into the corner over and over again, and, like trying to move the toggles and just like going in circles with the gun pointing up in the air. And I'm like, yes. that's probably like what the universe is looking down at us, just like bumping into the corner. Like, what is happening? Get again. her out of the corner, direct her back on the path. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, but meanwhile, we too. like totally know how to use the controller. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't know, ask for help. Like yes. there were a lot of things in the beginning. I had a lot of pride where I was like, I'm going to do it all myself. I'm going to edit myself. I, I blah, 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 blah. And then it got to a point where I'm like, it's actually overwhelming to do this all myself. I cannot edit and upload show notes and do the recording and prep. Like it was too much. So eventually I asked for help and it only made my podcast better. Mm-hmm. But a good little wisdom nug. <laughs> yeah. So say that there's a human, they've launched the things. They're like at peace with their analytics they are like, all right, cool. We're like on the gravy train and they are wanting to then grow. You know, they're at a point where they're like, we've got like the consistency down. We are at peace with all the stuff. And now we are ready for the responsibility of more listeners, <laughs> which really that's yes. a thing, you know, being ready for the responsibility of more listeners. Yeah. So what would you say to that person? 
I have two things I would say. The first one, I would say start doing more collaborations. And I think the most underrated secret weapon of growing is being on other podcasts. And if you think about it, a lot of us find people because they were on a podcast we listened to and we got to hear their story for an hour or whatever the case is. And we hear so much of their humanity and personality. You're like, I want to go work with them or I want to go engage with them. Wait, they have a podcast. Now I want to go listen to their podcast. Every podcast appearance I've been on, somehow miraculously, which again, not miraculously, my Instagram grows. I get more listeners. I have people saying, I just listen to your podcast. And it's because they heard me and my story on another podcast. So a hundred percent try to prioritize getting yourself as a guest on other podcasts, and then try and see if you can get your listeners more involved to become loyal fans. So maybe they can submit questions to the podcast. Maybe you take on air phone calls. Maybe there's a special subscribers only option where subscribers get to view like a live taping because those people, super fans are going to continue being super fans and keep spreading the word about you. They're going to be like Chelsea or Caroline's amazing. We're ready to go. Like, you know, listen to our podcast, tune in, and that's who you want to be helping. So I learned this early on too, is like, stop always trying to think of ways to grow and bring in new people and focus on how your current people can help you grow. Like they're acting on behalf of you to help you grow. And you do that by treating them like they're super fans and by engaging with them and asking them, making them a part of the experience. I think that's a really underrated thing. We think, I think it's because you can't see people when you're podcasting. You're like, It's hard to put faces to things sometimes because you're like, who's really listening? But if you think about it, most of us at some point will get a DM or a review or an email. Engage with those people. You know, oh, I see you listen to my podcast all the time. What type of content do you want to hear? They're going to become obsessed with your podcast even more. And again, spread the word. So that would be my two cents. Yes. Oh, so many good two senses. That's like three whole quarters. (laughs) (laughs) Almost a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Something. Something that I like that I found super helpful too in that is asking people what guests they want to have on the podcast, which is yes. huge. like that's as someone who does best if I'm able to either give an open invitation where it's like, hey, if you guys want to come, come hang, which is how we met, <laughs> or giving like, hey, my the humans in my online fam specifically requested you because they really love your work. Like that, it, as someone who thrives like that. It, maybe not everybody, if there's like pure manifestors listening and they're like, yeah, I'll just like reach out to everybody in the whole wide world. It's cool. Um, but that's been a huge, huge help because if it, that's like adds so much to the invitation for really awesome people to come on the podcast because they, they know that they're being literally requested by the audience. Like that's huge. Yes, exactly. And then to the point of super fans, like those those listeners are like, oh, she listens and she actually pays attention to the content we want. Now I'm going to just become an even more loyal listener. Yeah. Yeah. And probably then like recommend even more stuff. Cause they're like, oh, I'm not like talking into a void. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in terms of then guesting on, and I'm like personally super excited to hear your, <laughs> your take on this because as someone who like does, I've like sent emails out and like done the things and been on several podcasts that way. But always it always feels a little bit like I'm just like, hey, can I be on your podcast? So like got any like for the human who's at that point and trying to guess on other podcasts, what gems do you have? <laughs> oh my gosh, so many. So <laughs> I would say the first thing is 
just get really clear on what your gifts are and like do inventory of what you bring to the table and then tailor it to whatever podcast there is. So I think a mistake a lot of people make, including myself, is I would make kind of a generic pitch of like, here's what I talk about, da, da, da. And then I would just send it to a bunch of people instead of really looking at their podcast and being like, okay, she talks about spirituality. How can I weave whatever my pitch was and, and put that in a spiritual lens? Okay, this person talks about entrepreneurship. I need to tailor this pitch to talk about entrepreneurship because they're thinking, how is this guest going to help me, to be honest, right? How are they going to help me and my audience? Because if you're coming on just talking about whatever you do and you haven't even thought about how it's going to help their audience, that's automatically going to turn them off. So try to tailor it. And it does take time. The other day I was like, I'm going to spend all day doing podcast pitches. And in an hour, I only got through three. And I'm like, I really didn't even say anything that different. It's because I was going into their Instagram being like, Hey, just saw you went to Hawaii. Love that. Blah, blah, blah. Like it was very tailored and that does take time. So you do have to dedicate some time to it. The second thing is there are websites now that help you book and exchange um, podcast interviews. So Wildcast is one, um, Podbooker is one. And now there are people that have made it their jobs to help you be a guest on podcasts. So you can hire people who will, whatever I just told you to do and, and you know figure out your gifts and how you can pitch. If you have trouble with that, there are specialists now that have that background that will say, okay, here's the way I'm thinking this will go. I think we need to pitch you on these podcasts. Let's get you going there. And once you get on a few, you can leverage that in your pitch. Hey, I was just on the blah, blah, blah podcast and upcoming I'm on this podcast. The more you're on podcasts, the more that people want to have you on their podcast. So mm. look at the, the resources, right? The, the websites, the people that are uh, being experts and actually getting you on podcasts. And then I would say the third thing, which is kind of like underrated too, is when you conduct a really good interview and connect with a guest, they automatically feel that connection and they'll be like, you know what? You should come on my podcast. Like we just had a killer time. Let's, let's like do this again, but I'll have yeah. you on mine. That's how I've gotten on a few podcasts, which just been such a good interview that they're like, I want to talk to you again. And then all of a sudden we're friends and now I'm on their podcast. So don't underestimate the power of just having deep, meaningful connections in an interview that might end up getting you as a guest on a podcast too. There's so much good stuff in there. There's so much, I'm like, where do we start? There's so much good stuff in there. <laughs> Honestly, like one of my best online friends was born that way, where it was like, we were just on each other's podcasts a couple of times. And just like, I love you so much. I could just keep talking to you. Yes. So yeah, 1000%. Yeah. I, so number one, I had no idea that there were websites that did that. That's fabulous. Yes. Thank you for that. And I'm sure there's even more. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure there's even more. Like I just named two, but I'm like, I'm sure other people saw that gap in the market and have created their own software as well. Makes perfect sense. Makes, it makes perfect sense. And I would say too, to that note, don't be afraid to go on podcasts that might not be a fit just to get a practice. Because here's the other thing. We all want to be on these massive podcasts and like, you know, have all this fame and go viral and da, da, da. But then when you're on that stage, it's like, are you ready? Like you mm. might be on a huge podcast and get whatever, a hundred DMs, a hundred inquiries, a hundred, whatever. Are you ready for that? So I would suggest like in the beginning, to be honest, try and get on as many podcasts as possible. Even if they're like, I was on this guy's podcast who was like a sports bro, worked in Vegas, like totally not my but we talked about travel and living abroad and like we ended up being a conversation that I actually really loved, but it got me in a habit of speaking because I also realized if I ever get the chance to be on one of these quote unquote massive podcasts, do I want to go on and be rambling and not sure what I'm talking about? And like, I don't know how to answer questions. You want to be able to practice. Um, I also just thought of this too. 
podcast swaps. So now the way I've been getting on podcasts is I'm pitching people to come on my podcast, but then I'm pitching myself in the same email. Let's do a swap. I'll come on yours. You'll come on mine. And that's actually been pretty successful. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, a human like last year, early last year that was helping me to podcast guests. And that was a hundred percent. She was like swapping, like, you know, increases the likelihood of being able to book both ways because it's a win-win situation for sure. And and at first I was like, but what if I don't get to like meet them first and make sure I like them? And then I'm like, wait a second, do you want to be on their podcast? If like, you know, and like vice versa, if you don't actually get to like like go ahead ahead and swap like why not (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. exactly exactly I used to be so precious and protective about the podcast I would love to hear your thoughts on this I used to be so precious and protective about the podcast where it was like I want to make sure that like every single human who comes on here is like my soulmate and like all this stuff whereas now I'm like no you know what like I trust like as an, because it's an art to interview too, which is a beautiful thing, right? So like cultivating that art, not only of being interviewed, but also interviewing and then deepening that trust and your ability to to hold this beautiful interview and like a strong interview space, I think is such a gift to like give ourselves. And that happens through just like talking to a bunch of people. (laughs) Yeah. Interviewing a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's a skill too. You know, you got to learn again, just like playing the piano or riding a bike, speaking Spanish. You learn by just doing and doing and doing, and then you get better. But yeah, yeah, I used to be the same way. Actually, no, that's false. I became the same way about halfway through starting my podcast about being like, anyone who comes on has to be perfect alignment, like da da da. We, we, they can't come on if they're not a perfect fit. But the beginning, the first 60 episodes, I told you guys, my chiropractor, a neighbor, my sister, my mom, like I was just trying to get in the habit of being a podcaster. Yeah. So that's what I would say again, if you're starting, like interview your family, interview your best friend, your cousin, your boss, like it doesn't matter. Just get in the habit of interviewing. My first 20 episodes are so random. And then again, you guys would be surprised how many people say yes, because they love talking about themselves. I was like, I'm just going to shoot my shot and message this influencer. And they'd be like, yeah, let's set it up. I'm like, oh shit. Like, oh my God. This person wants to talk to me. So thank God I had 20 episodes under my belt where I was ready to interview this person. But then again, you get one name that's kind of recognizable in the community. Use that name, leverage it for your next pitch and say, okay, guess what? I just had blah, blah, blah on. I would love to have you on that signals to them. Oh, she's legit. Let me get, let me get on that podcast. So all you need is one yes, and you're good to go. But I would say now when you're talking about being precious about who's on too, the I'm back to that space a little more just because I had started getting so many inquiries for people to be on my podcast and I do a weekly podcast. And this happened over summer where I interviewed so many people that by the time I released their interview, it was like 12 weeks later. I'm the like, I don't even know. I don't even remember what we talked about. I don't even remember what they're promoting. I don't remember what, like, is this even relevant? Do they even believe this anymore? And so I realized by taking on all these people and just saying, yes, 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 come on. I had put myself in a position where actually the interview was almost irrelevant by the time it aired. And again, I made no space for my solos because I felt bad. I was like, wait, I need to get this person's interview live. People were messaging me too. Like, Hey, what happened to that interview? And I'm like, you're right. I need to put it up. And then all of a sudden I stopped doing solos. And what do you know? The numbers dipped a little bit 
because I told you guys people like my solos. And so it was just interesting that I was like, this actually shows me I need to set a boundary and be a little more particular about who I'm allowing on. But that's because I don't want this to be a bad experience for the guest either. I don't want them to come on and hear their interview six months later. Like I want it to be that they're excited about coming on and vice versa. That's such a beautiful like trajectory and evolution. Because I think back like before... I started this podcast. I remember listening to someone else's podcast and they were talking about being in that position where they were like, not precious necessarily, but like discerning about who was coming on on to the podcast as a guest. And it feels like there's like a difference in that juju, you know, precious where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh my God, I like don't want anyone to come on who doesn't feel like they're a perfect fit because I want our conversation to actually like just be this magical unicorn thing, you know? And I think that there can be a little bit of like not trusting the self as an interviewer and the ability to like cultivate that, you know, with like anybody pretty much. I mean, you know, maybe if we had like the cum boys on here, it would be a different story, (laughs) but you know, (laughs) most, most humans, um, but, but there's a, it feels like there's like a beautiful difference that you're talking about between precious and discerning where it's like, okay, now I'm like stepping into this, maybe this like discerning role because the demand is high and I want people to have like an epic experience with every single episode. Yes. A hundred percent discernment and Even sometimes I don't do this all the time, but sometimes if you're like, oh, I'm just unsure, like maybe I should check if we vibe, don't be afraid to be like, hey, let's just hop on a quick 10 minute call before the interview or maybe a week before so that you can see, because there are some people that I've, that I've reached out to just because of the quote unquote, like clout. I'm like, oh, they're a big person. Let me reach out. And then they came on my podcast and I'm like, whoa, this is like a weird vibe, weird energy. It was so much self-promotion. Like everything was just turning back to them and their system and their book. And I'm like, this isn't genuine conversation. Like this just feels like one long infomercial. And I'm like, I wish we would have had a chat before because I didn't even want to air that interview, but I felt so bad because we had met in person in a studio and he had taken time to come to the studio. But I was like, wow, that's a perfect case of where I should have used way better discernment before having him on. Yes. I had a totally similar situation and I got off and I was like, I feel like I just got pitched for like, like, what are they trying to sell me into their program? Yes. <laughs> like, I feel like Literally. I just got pitched for like an hour. <laughs> like, whoa. It was yeah. crazy. Not in person. Just... So I did not feel bad. Not airing that episode. Oh my God. That's, but... a, that's a hard thing to do too. I will say as a podcaster, that's probably one of the most challenging things is if an interview is just like not what you wanted it to be, you're just like, wow, this person just spent an hour of their time on my podcast, but at the same time, this is going to go out to my audience. And I don't know, like I've been in that situation before where it's a tough call. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It And like such an important call. Like, I'm so glad that we're having this conversation and that this is coming up. Cause I think it's so, it's, it's so permission giving, you know, and just so like illuminating that like, just because there's clout doesn't necessarily mean that it, all it means is that there's clout. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, does, it does, doesn't extrapolate to anything else. No. So. And by the way, I don't know if you've experienced this. It's the weirdest thing that people come on your podcast for an hour and they like don't promote it at all after. They'll like, they'll sh- they'll, like reshare your tags on Instagram, but they don't promote it themselves. And it's just so interesting to me because I'm like, well, you came on, like it's your thing. If I was featured on Oprah, I would be promoting the hell of that article. If I was featured in the local newspaper, I would be like, everyone grab a copy. Here it is. But for some reason with podcasting, I don't know why, why this precedent was sent set to not 
promote it. But so when we're talking about this clout thing, I used to go after these quote unquote big people thinking like, oh, they're going to like put me in their newsletter. They're going to shout me out on Instagram. They're going to do it in feed posts with a picture of me. And it's like, they barely reshare. So don't think that just because someone is bigger or has more followers or anything that they're even going to help you grow because a lot of times they, they're doing it again, just because people like talking about themselves and it's an hour long to get access to your audience. So going back to discernment, like really use your best judgment calls. I think that that's like, so, so well said is like access to your audience. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, like th- that is such a gift and such a privilege that you're sharing with people. You know what I mean? It's like, it, like you can come and hang out with me and my audience for a while. Right. Like that, that that's a privilege and, and treating it with that, that level of like TLC is huge. Yeah. And I have well, a, think about it. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, think about it. Like if you were, if this was your house and you had like your friends over, these are like your best friends and it's you and you're all just hanging out and someone knocks on the door, you're not just going to be like, Oh, come on in. Not even checking who it is. I didn't even look. You're like, hold on. Like, is that the pizza guys that pizza we ordered? Or is this another friend? Did they bring a friend? Like you would be discerning about who comes in your house, translate that to the digital space. Like listeners are like in that home. So you really need to make sure that you're creating that safe space. Like you said, adding some TLC. Yeah, totally. Totally. I love that. Like imagery and that metaphor. (laughs) And I was going to say, I have like full, I have a confession to make that over the summer I was a guest on podcasts and in like a straight up like spiritual tunnel hermit mode and like popped out the other side and the podcast had dropped and I didn't, and I hadn't promoted them. And I was like, Oh my God, like, fuck. And I like did posts about it and put it in my stories and doing all the things. So confession. I know it is. <laughs> it happens it is, to the best of us. It really does. I've done that thing too, where I've just like reshared or like shouted them out quickly on my Instagram stories. And I'm like, it, it goes back to the kindergarten rule of like treat people the way you want to be treated. So I just had to learn if I want people to shout me out and really put some effort into promoting it, then that means when I'm on a podcast, I need to be shouting them out, put them in my newsletter, shout them out on my podcast. Hey, go check out this feature, put it in my, whatever my stories so that again, you get that same energy back. Yeah. Yeah. And as a host, like, you know, I think of guests that I've had on who then go like shout it from the rooftops. Like that feels so good as the host too. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, there's something to be said for that where it's like, they really valued that time that we spent together, you know, because yes. like it, it, you, you create like genuine connections and genuine friendships with people, which is another beautiful thing about podcasting. If you're like a verbal human, like most podcasters are, we're like, fucking talkers. <laughs> like, right. That's how we express. And you yes. get to like meet your people when you're doing podcast. Like, oh, you love to talk as much as I love to talk. This is fucking great. <laughs> yes. And yeah. you like will actually make friends. Like you said, I met like a really great friend through a podcast. Exactly. Like it's not just about promoting or making sure that you're touching on XYZ topics. It's like sometimes it's just to make a genuine connection and now you have a new friend. And learn so much cool stuff. Like I've learned so much cool stuff by having cool conversations with people. It's crazy. hundred percent. I learned half of what I know and like learn is from my podcast. I'm like, (laughs) someone told me this on my podcast or referencing podcasts. Like everything I say is like, I heard it on a podcast. I heard it on a podcast. So I'm like, podcasts are like my main source of information. (laughs) I feel that. I feel that. Podcasts, audiobooks, and YouTube. Probably because I can listen to all of them. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Audio listeners. Yeah. 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 So like 
for the podcast curious, you have a podcast course. <laughs> Speaking of yes. magical creations that you can absorb probably audibly, I would imagine. Oh, you can do it. Here's the thing that hot tip. I take a bunch of courses and I realize if I don't make the actual live call and I'm supposed to watch the replay, I will never sit down and watch the video. So what I've done now is I just put my AirPods in and then I play the video, but then I go do other things. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm just listening to the replay of the course while I'm doing other things. I don't have to sit down and physically watch a video. So you could do that for my course, um, but there's also a lot of tutorials where you're going to do exercises. So yeah, it's a- it's a course coming out at the end of February. It's called Mike Drop, the ultimate podcast launch course. And it's everything that we talked about today, plus more. Like there's pitch templates, there is guest etiquette. There's a whole module on interviewing. It's called Interview Like Oprah. So I take all my um, skills from undergrad and I help you guys with actually crafting a really good interview. There's how to name your podcast, cover art tutorial, how to submit to Spotify and Apple. I mean, it's literally everything you need to start a podcast. And for all my astrology people, I'm a Virgo moon rising. And so this is really efficient. Like these videos are not 90 minutes. I think the longest one in the course is 12 minutes and you can watch it on two times speed if you want to. But I was like, this is not going to be a boring course where we add 20,000 minutes of fluff and you have to watch an hour each week. It's like, no, let's get to the point. Here's how you name it. Here's the cover art. Here's how you submit. So if you're ready to go, I am opening up enrollment. So I would love to see you guys. Yes, go do it. Also, can we just pause on the fact that it's called Mic Drop? Like, I don't know if you saw my face. I was over here like, that's such a good name. Funny story. I was having trouble naming it. I was like, what should this be called? Like the podcast pro launch course. I'm like, there's a million courses called that. And I could not think of it. And I wanted it to be witty. So I asked my uh, my audience on Instagram. I was like, I'm starting a podcast course. Can you help me name it? And someone wrote Mic Drop. I'm like, this is the power of getting your audience involved. They can help you name stuff, name your podcast podcast, name your course. And that's why I was like, it's so important to develop community and develop that relationship because now I have an amazing podcast course name. Love it. Yeah. So links in the show notes, everybody go check it out. Um, huge fan of the Virgo efficiency on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Like get it girl. (laughs) I have like so much admiration because I, I am the opposite of Virgo. in every way. So like a short video for me is 15 minutes and I'm like patting myself on the back when I do it. So I'm, I'm dying. I know well, I'm an Aquarius sun too. So I'm like, it literally makes sense. Like these placements almost are competing, but when it comes to that stuff, I'm like, I've taken so many courses over the last year. I cannot do the 90 minute video every single day. Module one is 4,000 videos. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. We need to keep it short, sweet and to the point. So that's exactly where I didn't get inside mic drop. That's awesome. When does it start? At the end of February, February 21st. Okay, cool. So everybody check it out. Link in the show notes. Go yes. and start your podcast, grow your podcast, make all kinds of magic, do the things, learn to interview like Love Oprah. It. That is such a great module name. Now I'm like, like it's so <laughs> enticing. I'm like, I want to learn how to interview like interview Oprah. Like Oprah. Like such well, a stay good tuned. Huh? Stay tuned. I think I'm going to, I usually do it separately as a masterclass. So stay tuned. I'm probably going to run it again separately. So anyone oh, nice. that wants to learn how to interview and storytell, stay tuned. Nice. Yeah. Storytelling, storytelling through interview is such an art form. One of my favorite podcasts is, I haven't listened to it in a while, but I was like going hard in the paint for a while. There's a good life by Jonathan Fields. I don't know oh, if you ever, listen. it's good. He's like pro at storytelling. Like He's not storytelling so much, but he's like asking the right questions 
to, to get help, the story going. Yes, to keep the story going. It's so well done. And like one that. of the things that I love about that podcast is that he has like really wonderful guests on who are doing amazing work in the world. But mo- like oftentimes a lot of the podcast is actually just like their life and like what it means for them to live a good life. So oh, it, and that. sometimes that intersects with their work. Sometimes it doesn't at all. It's really like that's so incredible. nourishing. Yeah. And that's a great point too that you're just making of like, you listen to the podcast. What do you like about it? Okay. That is something that resonates with you. That's something you can translate into your podcast. So anybody that's listening and you're like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. What inspires you when you listen to podcasts and just model that to be in your own voice and your unique spin on it? Yeah. Yeah. And then go take mic drop. Yes. <laughs> and get like all the tips and tricks. <laughs> yes. And then come and I'll teach you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any like last tips or tricks or like just words of TLC and guidance for people on the podcast path? Yes. My biggest motto when I started my podcast and to like, honestly, even today is just launch and adjust, like just get it out there and then adjust, get it out there and adjust. It will never be perfect. No one on planet earth has ever nailed it on their first try, their first month, their first year, just launch it so that you can get in the headspace and energetic field of like, I put something out there. Now I just can adjust and iterate, but I really followed that motto for the last few years. And it's really, really helped me. Oh, I love that. And that's just such a great motto for life, (laughs) like business life and life in general, like relationships, all the things like it's just a, it, it, like that's, that feels like that's the human journey is like, we're going to try our best. We're going to fuck it up a little bit along the way, figure out what happened and try again. And we're going to adjust. Exactly. Iterate, iterate, iterate. Yeah. Where can everybody find you and all your magic? Yeah. You can find me at Chelsea Rife on Instagram, chelsearife.com. My podcast is called In My Non-Expert Opinion and the Instagram for that is Non-Expert Opinion Pod. And yeah, DM me, shoot me an email. You can write into the podcast, hello at inmynonexpertopinion.com. I love hearing from people. So yeah, I would love to catch up with you guys and hopefully see you inside Mic Drop. Yes. Thank you again, like so much for your time, your energy, your wisdom, your juju. You got good <laughs> Thank juju. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. If you're like me and you're exploring a sober, curious lifestyle, it's time to check out Curious Elixirs. Curious Elixirs are booze-free craft cocktails infused with adaptogens to help you unwind. So whether you're sober or you're sober curious or you want to extend dry January into dry February, it's time to check out Curious Elixirs, which are on a mission to create the world's most sophisticated cocktails without the alcohol. They are inspired by classics like the Aperol Spritz, the Spicy Margarita, and the Negroni, and every Curious Elixir is handcrafted with organic ingredients and no refined sugar. Their ingredients include adaptogens and plants that benefit your body, helping you relax and de-stress without the hangover. They offer one-time orders as well as a subscribers-only Curious Cocktail Club to ensure your fridge stays stocked. Curious Elixirs can be found online and you can have it directly shipped to your door at CuriousElixirs.com. My favorite right now is the number three. It tastes like a cucumber Collins and I pour it over some ice, garnish it with an orange. It is absolutely delicious and you should definitely check it out. Again, head to CuriousElixirs.com or head to the link in my show notes and try it for yourself. 